So when I was little, my church used to put me like front and center in all the Sunday school things to sing because I sang the loudest. <laughs> and my mom used to get a book from the library called Loud Emily. And I was very <laughs> insulted by this book. Like my mom thought it was hilarious. She's like, oh, she's not really insulted, but like I'm pretty sure that it did some like emotional damage oh to me to her and I continually check yeah. out the book. <laughs> I'm like, I know my voice is loud. I don't want it to be loud. I don't want to try to be quiet. Elliot, Elliot, please don't. Oh, never mind. You can have that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I feel like it has something to do with Caleb, but I don't remember. I think it was. I did. I'm so mad that I can't remember. Should have written it down. This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. My name is Carly. I'm Emily. And we are here in Casa <laughs> de Emily. <laughs> and we're we're gonna have another chat. We came and visited yeah. her in, in her hometown. Not home, yes, technically. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for not really revealing my location. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and we are hanging out and having a conversation. What are we having a conversation about? Imago Dei. Imago Dei. Image of God. I don't know what we were talking about. And you you said, Emily, that you had a, a thing, a, yeah. a poster, right? Yeah. So, um, well, first, I think um, I think we should start off this conversation with that. It's, it's, it's highly theoretical. <laughs> it's just a lot of things to think about with all of the implications of Imago Dei. What does image of God mean? And um, so I am... <laughs> Um, working on a book, kind of, like, the concept is there, the outline has kind of begun, if it ever gets written, but I'm, I'm working on a book in terms of Imago Dei and how it relates to um, especially how humans are wired, and um, I hesitate to use the word psychology because it seems very humanist, but um, <laughs> how being images of God ties in with our psychology and how it like we thrive when we are living as images of God, when we are um, having um, a life pattern and culture in what we were created to be, that's when we are the most fulfilled and satisfied mm -hmm. um, and the most well-adjusted and healthy. Yeah. Um, so, wow, sirens. <laughs> <laughs> I am in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> or Beloit, one of the two. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but you brought up an interesting point right before we started filming about image of God and what. Well, just that most Christians think that everybody is a child of God, and not that. So, so obviously we say that they're kind of in the image of God, but we think mm. that that carries over to them being a child of God, mm. and the Bible makes a clear distinction between. <laughs> a child of wrath and a child of God. Yeah. And that's saved and unsaved, elect and not elect, mm. um, sheep and goats. And, mm. but everybody is made in the image of God. And Counterpoint. So, yeah. I'm going to actually contend with that. Okay, go for it. <laughs> um, I get, I get what you're saying about children of God, but I think that there's another way of where everyone is a child of God in a different sense in that everyone is an image of God, but like the Bible um, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the Bible uses two terms for children. 
you have the children by adoption or the elect, like you were saying, and then um, Hebrew language uses children in a sense of um, born of, produced from, you know, oh, so okay. everyone is a child of God in the sense that the creation of God. they are a create, exactly, yeah, they right. are, a, yeah, a creation of God, they are an image of God. Um, and, but even then, those who are not elect, those who have fallen away um, from his grace, are not living as images of God anymore. In fact, um, a lot of biblical language even refers to that as almost animalistic. Um, there's right. the term the son of man, which is a term used for Christ. And it's also a term that's used to describe like kings and it's a term used to describe Adam and it's a term used to describe all of these other human figures throughout the Old Testament. Um, son of man is a largely important term for Christ because it not it, it shows that he is the son of God. He is he is the divine, but he is also the son of man in that he is fully human and he is the only human that was able to live fully perfectly as the image of God, as the intended um, ambassador and, and um, extension of his authority and holiness and very being. Um, so son of man is, is used to describe um, this other category of children of God as well. These, um, you know, a man born of a man, a human that was born of another human or, um, you know, children of God born or produced from God um, himself. Um, so that's, that, that I think is a, a really interesting distinction. There's, there's the two types of children of God in scripture, but the one that we want to worry about when evangelizing are the elect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, and you could even say maybe um, with the description you just gave that, as humanity, like considering Adam and Eve and humanity as a whole, um, we were children of God as creations, mm -hmm. but then we were orphaned mm -hmm. by the fall. Um, and so now we are orphans and, and no longer are privy to that relationship that humanity did have yeah. um, with God. But now we are children of wrath. We've, we forfeited that privilege and now we are children of wrath. And now you, only by being adopted back into the family mm -hmm. um, can we reclaim those privileges. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I think, I think it's just it, it's important to make a distinction in evangelism of whether or not yes. someone is a child of God or a child of wrath, and I think we fail to do that when we say thing like like everybody is a child of God without specifying that distinction. Because that we don't made. have we don't have the the privilege of the Hebrew language distinction. Right. We exactly. just say the children of God for the same categories. Right. But that's that's going to confuse people because people are going right. to think, well, oh, I'm good then. Yeah, right. I am exactly. a child of God. Right. Why yeah. would he reject his own child? Right. Well, and, <laughs> and I think just like taking Romans nine and like Proverbs sixteen, mm. I think that's really interesting to think about it in that sense of like the Bible here, it's the illuminated one. Um. Oh, Romans nine and Proverbs. Yeah, I think so. Um, the the verse that talks about every, um, everybody has their purpose, or God oh, has a purpose for everything, even the wicked on the day of the wrath. Ves the vessel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, that was, a, you were just referencing Vessels Proverbs. Of wrath or vessels of hurt, glory. Yeah. 
what you just referenced with Proverbs. That yeah, so that's like, Proverbs, and then yeah, yeah. But this is Romans also the, yeah. the, the clay. Yeah. So that's a proverb. So if you're curious about that, you should Google it. Proverbs sixteen four. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, I'll keep my place here. Right after Psalm. It's fifteen. Uh, oh. Yep. Where'd you go, buddy? I didn't say that. That is definitely what you the said. Lord. Well done. Okay. Yeah, you said Proverbs. Your, your subconscious spit it out there. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, we'll just have to replay that. I no, guess. I promise I you did. All right. Well, the Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the, even the wicked for the day of trouble. So God mm-hmm. created a person specifically to destroy them. And mm. Romans 9. Now, that's a hard truth. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. To accept. And like, I guess for, for listeners or watchers who are like, the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. H asterisk CK? <laughs> the heck? Where did that come from? Well, I mean. The Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, but, but why? Because yeah. the ultimate purpose of everything, of creation, of everything is ultimately for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And God can be glorified by using what is intended for evil for good and that ultimate good being his glory and then you know you're going to read the passage on the vessels mm-hmm. um so uh as it is written jacob i love but esau i hated what shall we say then is there injustice on god's part by no means for he says to moses i will have mercy on whom i have mercy and i'll have compassion on whom i have compassion so then it depends not on human will or exertion but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, so that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Mm. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Well, what does molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Excellent. Go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> it was really funny. I was listening to uh, Carly and I were watching the Caleb City video today, and it was the one about all the like person who has the multiple alarms, uh, and that's the exact same alarm yeah. that was in the video. So I had it like, probably because it's the default. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a painful noise that people yeah. hear now. Yep. So I want to start. Well, hardly start, but um, continue by reading the account in Genesis. Of God creating man. <clears throat> then God said, and this is Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And 
And the other passage that I want to read is Genesis 2, um, starting in verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put man whom he had formed. Um, so first, Imago Day. Now we recently had the whole thing with the seminary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Good old Union Theological <laughs> Seminary. Good old Union. All in quotation marks. <laughs> Praying to plants. Yep. Yeah. Confessing their yeah. sins to plants. Which their is cl their, like, their climate sins. Climate sins. <laughs> yeah. Good heavens. <laughs> But <laughs> looks at camera. The gym look. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so um but what so first like what what distinguishes well obviously like the, the I don't even know where to begin with Union Seminary <laughs> because literally God gave plants to man and right. like everyone yeah. was a vegetarian before the fall. Like God gave plants to man and animal to eat and man became carnivorous when God said you may now have all of the animals to eat after the flood that was when that was granted to mankind so plants were never part of the equation of value or of whatever for a while though animals were animals were like um animals were not something to just be killed and slaughtered and what we were to have dominion over them we were to rule over them but they were not given to us for food um so then we often see very humanistic characteristics even in our pets like especially dogs and and things like that um and i think even christians often wrestle with what separates man from animal exactly obviously you know the sunday school answer would have an eternal soul um, but in terms of like that essence, that life, like what, what are the separating factors that like you would say are in scripture, um, from man and animal. And I, there, there, there are two key things in these passages and I, I can keep talking if you want me to, but I, I don't want to be just monologuing. <laughs> well, I think a sense of morality would be one of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean having a conscience, having a, a sense of yeah. um, God's holy standards um, mm -hmm. within our own like spirit and being able to, at least to some extent, even in our fallen humanity, being able to, to recognize that. Yeah, and we can we can exercise morality. I mean, but then you would have those that say like, oh, animals grieve, you know, or they right. protect, they have a sense of, you know, pack mentality. Right. And, I mean, even today we're seeing humans act less like humans than some animals do. So what, what is the distinguishing factor that makes us, you know, I, I, so I'll just, I'll just go ahead. When I was trying to figure this out, I first thought, oh, breath of life. Right. It doesn't say that about the animals. The animals weren't given this breath of life, this breath of God, but that's not actually yeah. the case. Later yeah. on, yeah. Mm -hmm. that phrase is used again to describe yeah. the animals before yeah. the flood. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Anything that has the breath of life, bring it onto the ark. Right. And I'm like, well, shoot, like animals <laughs> have the breath of life too. And we were formed from the ground, but it's this this title of Imago Dei. It's this title of image of God. The animals are not made in God's image. They reflect parts of his nature, but they're not made in his image. And then it's this command, this divine command. 
that were given to be fruitful, to multiply, to essentially be these ambassadors, which is really interesting because that title comes back mm -hmm. in the New Testament, but were given this title to be ambassadors, these... Um, I'm trying to find a way to say this without sounding heretical <laughs> or blasphemous, but like these 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 tiny divine beings. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say like little gods. That's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not a good... That is Mormonism. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's also prosperity teaching. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. But yeah, I totally know what you mean, right? Again, ambassadors, we are bearing the, the heraldry, right, mm. of, of God and in, in, um, being representatives. Representatives mm. is a better word. Representatives think, yeah. and um, extensions of his, his nature. Yeah. And even, you know, I'd go so far as to say we're, we're shown extensions eventually of, of his glory because we are going to be glorified with Christ. We right. are going to be un united with Christ, which makes us very uncomfortable as Reformed Protestant people. Because <laughs> yeah. we're like, I am scum. I will <laughs> always be scum. I will never be anywhere close to glory. Mm -hmm. I will always be scum. It's like, well, no, I mean, we're given yeah. plenty that tells us that we will be glorified and united with yeah. Christ and given this status to rule and have dominion. And so it's it's this title of image of God that that makes us, we have, we have eternity written on our hearts. We have a sense of divinity in us. And I think um, a podcast that I was listening to kind of on the topic, um, one of my friends who's, who might watch this is going to be rubbing his temples because he does not like the podcast. But <laughs> um, it's uh, they say God's glory is not a zero sum game. He can share his glory right. however he chooses, and yeah. he doesn't diminish his own. Mm -hmm. And he he chooses to do this with with man. Mm -hmm. I mean, man is put in this position. We see in Psalm eight, um, he talks about, and the title of Son of Man comes up again in this too. Um, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory above the heavens out of the mouths of babies and infants. You have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in the, all the earth. So I am trying to look into as images of God. Um, we... It's, it's it's like if you have like like my car my car is a, is a basic car that like it gets you from point a to point b it's a city car it's not a racing car it's not a ford f-150 it's not meant to do any hauling and so if i tried to make my car do like racing or like towing or hauling it wouldn't be good at that because it wasn't made to do that so if we're trying to live as something other than the image of God, other than what God has made us to be, we're going to find that we dysfunction and that we fall apart and we go crazy and we start to act more like animals. Because that's the alternative. There's, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a divide. There's those that are images of God and then there's the rest of creation. That's what separates us from the rest of creation. It's that we're images of God. 
And so we see that after the fall. What's the first thing that starts to happen? Well, we have a more animalistic interaction between Cain and Abel. And then you have Sodom and Gomorrah, and you have the people there, and you're reading this, and you're like, what is going on? Y'all are disgusting. Like, you're yeah. doing this and that. But, like, this is what this is what we're left to. Yeah. You know, without that divine image of God living, we become more like animals, even more animal than some animals. And we see that again in Romans 1. That's like, what I was thinking when you were talking God gave about them the up. Yep. Yeah, so Romans 1. I'll, I can even let you read that. Um, Romans 1, 26. Wait, 20, starting in 22. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Yes. Should I keep going? Or? This, it, it's irrelevant. Keep well, for this reason, God gave them up to, this, uh, to dishonorable yes. passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That's just, um, but yeah, God gives, God gives them up to animalistic nature because they reject their divine calling as image of God. Mm -hmm. And then the other passage that kind of ties into this is Daniel, when Daniel has this vision and it, it, it prophesies of the kingdoms that are to come. Um, is it Daniel 7? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have to find the... I can't remember where it is exactly in the chapter, but... He kind of describes um, this image of, of, of people becoming animals, but um, being basically barbaric. Um, but so I think there, so there's, there's things that humans need or that humans can do that makes their lives just better like being in community um, having a routine having you know sleeping at night being awake during the day people who try to reverse that tend to suffer 
And I, I have often wondered, it's like, why is it that having a routine, having um, structure, having community, having um, habits that seem arbitrary really benefit us like having an organized space even, you know, having having a clutter-free space. Um, why do these seem to subconsciously benefit us? And I was pondering this notion and thinking there there has to be something to it because God is, is divine and purposeful. Um, I wonder if there's something that reflects God's nature in these things. This is why we thrive when we have these things established. Um, so I'm reading... I've been reading 12 Rules for Life, and it's really funny by, by Jordan Peterson. Um, and it's really funny because Jordan Peterson makes some super astute observations. Like, we need hierarchies in the world. You know, we need a morning routine. We need to stand up straight with our shoulders back. You know, he's like, he's basically saying, be, be assertive and speak truth. Speak only truth. You know, all these things. But he kind of seems to reverse it. And he says, these are things that help us thrive. Because it's things that we've been doing since forever. And I'm like, that doesn't give us a source. That's like, yeah. that's a, you know, the whole presuppositionalist thing. It's like, yeah. but by what standard? Yeah. Yeah. Where did it come from? You know? yeah. And so I think that um, it's worth examining those things from the true source that we know, which is God. Mm -hmm. And to think, okay, what does this say about God? So like, if I get eight hours of sleep and I wake up and I have a morning routine, why why does that set the tone for the rest of my day to be so well done especially if that morning routine includes being in the word of god like even even unbelievers can have a morning routine and it benefits them greatly but like you know and i include the word of god it's like the rest of the day is just so different mm -hmm. well god created night and day he created seasons he created cycles and like patterns and routines himself god created routines in his own creation to me that says something that says that god is a god you know he's a god of order he's not a god of chaos and when we as images of god reflect that when we say okay god you made night and day for a reason i'm going to sleep during the night be awake during the day i'm going to um establish my own order and dominion over <laughs> <laughs> wow that's amazing <laughs> i'm actually impressed that worked um but when when i establish dominion as an image of god over my time and my resources and have order over my land when my room is clean um i'm going to find that i thrive more because i'm living up to that image of God, essentially, that I yeah. have been called to and created to be. Yeah, that's one of the most, like, fundamental of the, the kind of aspects of the image of God that is talked about in Genesis is mm -hmm. this dominion over the, the plants mm -hmm. and the fish and the birds of the air and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And, and that's mm -hmm. the call that God gives us as humanity. Um, and the thing that we fell away from, one of the primary things we fell away from when we when the fall happened is this idea of... Um, of being basically God's vice regents on earth, right? Mm -hmm. Not only being ambassadors for him, but continuing his authority wherever we went, yes. right? As part of like this, again, because he's an orderly God, he's yes. a, um, an organized God, a, um, a God who has sovereign authority over the whole universe, but he displays that not only through his own, yes. you know, sovereignty over everything, um, but also through his mm -hmm. vice regents, us, 
who have come along and, and tamed the land and, yes. that he's given us to, to have dominion over. Um, and, and I've always thought, yeah. like, how crazy generous is that? Like, imagine, imagine yeah. making this perfect terrarium, like <laughs> this amazing, gorgeous terrarium. Okay, so there's there's this YouTube channel called Ants Canada. Just look it up. It's great. <laughs> like, it's this, like, this guy makes this, like, like, Game of Thrones level drama out of these terrariums with this <laughs> ecosystem. It's like you have the kingdom of the golden ants and you have the kingdom of the fire ants and how they're like at war with each other or something. And it's like, and then you have the gecko, which is like called the night ninja or something. And it comes and eats the ants. I don't know. It's amazing. Just like, it's but so good. He makes good. this giant like terrarium ecosystem. He makes this giant, yeah. it's, it's super ornate. He puts so much care and work into it. Now imagine if he gave it to the dominion of the ants. He's like, hmm. I like, I just made this wonderful, amazing thing, and I'm not even going to keep it to myself. I'm going to entrust it to you so that you can enjoy it to the full, which also like makes the Sabbath so much more beautiful mm-hmm. because it's like, he says, not only am I going to have you take part in my authority, but I'm going to have you take part in my divine rest so you can experience that as my image as well, which is just so like mind-boggling. And I think, and I know I'm going to start fires here. <laughs> even with you guys <laughs> but i i think something that we as americans have really um messed up and like don't get me wrong capitalism is like the greatest human government system <laughs> that we can have just gonna <laughs> before i start getting death threats but it still isn't the god intention it still isn't the god economy that he set up. Um, capitalism is very much about competition over resources. And if I'm better than you, I deserve to have more resources. Um, I want to claw my way ahead of you kind of thing. Um, which in one, on one hand, it carries those values of, you know, I have done the work and I'm going to get the fruit of my labor. But at the end of the day, like, Let's say that the person who I work for finds a better worker than me. They can drop me like a hat with no regard that business is business. I'm expendable at that point, right? Um, whereas in God's economy, how he established it in creation, yes, dominion, but we have a different idea of dominion. We have an idea. I can use this to the fullest waste that I can. And like, by no means am I, you know, like those people at Union Seminary about to confess to a plant the way that I've used up creation, you know. But at the same time, the dominion over creation, um, that word has more of a bearing of nurturing and caring for, um, of, you know, and, and he talks about this, be fruitful and multiply. And this is his intent for us with, with all of creation is to make creation multiply we are called to make like the things that we touch we should bring new life out of the same way that god brings new life out of us that he he brought life into the earth and the things in the earth multiplied and produced more you know um we're not here to just use it up and say haha i can use you up how i like fear me you know god doesn't even do that with us i can use god can use us however he wishes but he deigns to have grace upon us and say i want to bring new life out of you um so I, I think, you know, that's why things, things like gardening are therapeutic for so many people 
we are nurturing and bringing life out of earth like we were originally created to be. And then I like how it ties into the New Testament where um, Christ is about establishing his kingdom on earth. And we are sent out as ambassadors of this new kingdom and we will be glorified to rule with him in the new kingdom as well over the new earth. And um, it's, it's going to be even better than the last, which is kind of amazing. I mean, you see this, this temple of Eden and then that temple falls and you see the tabernacle and that falls and you see the temple and that falls and you see Jesus come and he is like, the final thing and then he says that we are god's temples like we are temples of the holy spirit and then we are going to bring you know god with us to the rest of the world mm -hmm. to the nations to the lost mm -hmm. and that's kind of a a crazy notion too we're, we're the image bearers of god and we are the carriers of his divinity to the lost um but yeah so kind of the gist. I'm, I'm kind of working with that theory and trying to, mm -hmm. so like, like, give, give me inspiration. What's, what are things that, that you, that, that make you like thrive and feel really fulfilled and alive that are probably tied somehow to the fact that you are an image of God? Well, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast before, one of the, the main things, just since we're the Christian artist, mm -hmm. is simply being creative. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is, is a big thing of we're, created in the image of God, so therefore we are creative, and mm -hmm. we can be creative, and it feels good to be creative. Yes. Mm -hmm. To take to take the, the natural world and the other things that God has given us in the natural world, um, and just also, you know, other abstracts, um, and create something else with them mm. um, as sub-creators, as, again, delegated authorities where, where God has created this um, natural order that we can come alongside him and um, and create something else out of that um, mm. using the substances you've given us. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think another thing is work. Yes. <laughs> we don't usually think of work as something that like betters us, mm -hmm. but it does. And, and God worked and he was creative when he made creation. Yeah. And so we see that in that not only God commands Adam to work and he does so before the fall, right. um, he commands him to work and he knows that with the rest that he also commands, it will benefit him. And so yes. there's that. We can see that we can see that even in, in resting, that's another thing. Like yeah. resting, we did a whole episode on rest. Um, yes. We know that resting in the right ratio with work is beneficial to a human being because of the fact that we're created in that way. To like have that specifically, cycle. yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you bring up a good point, too. It, let's, I mean, you can look at the flip side, the negative effects of it. Like, you see people who overwork themselves, mm -hmm. whose life becomes their work. Yeah. Yeah. That's not God's design. That doesn't even reflect God's very nature. God doesn't have to rest, and yet he did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that the person who is working 24-7 is not being an image of God at that point. They are being hoarders, mm -hmm. and they are being, like, fearful, desperate you know, I need to work myself to the bone. I need to be sovereign over my resources. Right. I'm called to have dominion over my resources, but God is sovereign over yeah. my resources. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have any resources without him. And then you have the flip side where, like, I know people who, like, for health reasons, don't work. 
And they are so depressed and feel pointless. Yeah. You know, it's like, which is ironic because we're all like, gosh, I would love to just not work ever. <laughs> but it's like, if we just resort ourselves to non-productivity, we get, we, we die. We, we yeah. fizzle out. We just mm-hmm. are, we despair. We are meant to be productive. We are meant to be creative. We are meant to be producers of the land that we are given. Um, I think, and it's, it's why even on my days off, I can't help but do something productive in the right. house. Otherwise I, I, I feel shame. Yeah. Yeah. Why do yeah, we yeah. feel shame? Like if, if we, if, if we're it, if it stops at mm-hmm. us, if, if there's no God and it stops at us, why would we feel shame for taking a day off to do absolutely nothing? But yet that feeling is is there. Or gluttony. Like, why would I feel shame for eating to my heart's content? Well, because I'm not meant to be a glutton. <laughs> you know? I'm meant to, I am meant to feast. I'm meant to take, a, to take advantage of God's generosity to me. To, you know, taste, see that the Lord is good. To sit down at his table and to feast. But I'm not meant to make that my end goal. And make that be the thing that satiates me. Mm-hmm. It should be God's glory. And then on the flip side, you know, Paul says, about, well, like exercise. Um, we can become obsessed with exercise and obsessed with our bodies and obsessed with being, you know, in shape and these, these the crazy um, in shape people. And Paul says it's a good, like, it's good to be athletic. It's good to, but that has no bearing on godliness. You know, yeah. if, if we are not godly, like, it, it it makes no difference. I can't remember the verse exactly. Do you know the one I'm referring to where he talks about? Not I don't know the reference, but I know what you're talking being, about. Yeah, where it says um, physical something is of some value. That's a problem. Yeah. For yeah. sure. It is. No? It's, it's a Paul thing. Yeah. I think he might reference Physical is of... Physical training is of some value. First Timothy. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's very proud of the fact that she was just right there. I was right. Doggone it. And See? the reason I remember that is mem- remember that verse is because I was just reading First Timothy like a week ago. Ah, I still thought it was in Proverbs. About a week ago, a week ago. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I feel like there's a proverb somewhere that's similar. Oh, uh, sure. maybe. But... Um, while bodily training is of some value. So he said it has value. Godliness is of value in every way as it Mm -hmm. holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Um, so health is important. If we let ourselves be gluttons and go, you know, it's, it's kind of funny how we're wired in a certain way too, where if we exercise too much, we will basically kill ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we eat too much, we become unhealthy and overweight. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want either for us. He wants us to have dominion over these things and not let those things have dominion over us. Including our own body. Yeah, including our own body. One of the things that has come to mind as we're talking about this um, is that it seems like whenever whenever someone is straying away from what the image of God is, Mm. um, leading them to do, like what, what what we should do when we're Imaging the image of God. Um, people, I think, are subconsciously attempting to become better than God. 
Mm-hmm. Right, they're they're yeah. they're they they, they, they yeah they right they don't it's not that they're they they want to be animal animalistic or they mm-hmm. they're probably trying to go directly against that they're saying this doesn't work for me I can do it better it yeah. works better if I do it this way but instead they end up dehumanizing themselves <laughs> the fall. by yeah by by going away from God's intended image for them yes um, and so like the person who overworks they're saying but you know I need to work all the time because that that is something that's better. But really, they're trying to be better than God, which is not a thing that's possible. And so God has a, has a certain pattern. And if we stray from that pattern, that's where we become, we don't, we don't become better than God. We just, we always inevitably become more animalistic. Or, or yes, which yeah. brings up another theme is like, we were given dominion over these things. But when we stray from the image of God, we think that we're claiming more dominion than what was given us. Yeah. But what actually happens is the those things start to have dominion over us. And we yeah. see this pattern set from day one of the fall, right? Because what happens in the fall? Adam and Eve, they go up to the tree. The serpent is there. What is the serpent? An animal. An animal has dominion over yeah. the one who's supposed to have dominion yeah. over him. The desire, you know, it uses like almost lustful language to describe um, Eve looking at the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, pleasing to the eye. Pleasing to the eye. Um, the the fruit that she was supposed to be, like the cultivating thing, the object of cultivation, had dominion over her. Mm-hmm. The serpent had dominion over her rather than her living up to the image of God, um, Adam and Eve alike living up to the image of God, you know, subdue the earth. Mm-hmm. The earth subdued them. And in, in that moment, they were like, well, we are ways better than God. God didn't really say this. I don't know that we should believe God. God just literally gave them the whole world to care for and have dominion over, to right. share in his glory with. And that wasn't enough. And they, they questioned that. And then the secondary took dominion over the primary. And that, that swap is just the fall over and over and over again that we see throughout Scripture. It's one of those themes of, of the earth having dominion over the image of God. Um, so, yeah, I think if we examine the sins in our lives, like we're, we're going to see that over and over. Areas where we're like, I'm going to have dominion. And even over one another, when we gossip, yeah. when we mm-hmm. slander. Um, it's like, I'm going to have dominion over this person by putting them down. No, my earthly temporal presence took dominion over me. And I, I started to worship it instead of worshiping God. Yeah, the flesh in Romans 7. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Which um, ties again to another, you know, talked about routines. Also community. You know, we are in one of the most isolated, like connected but isolated yeah. communities in history. And people are depressed, they're anxious. Um, social media makes us anxious. Why? It's isolating. It, it causes envy, it causes strife, it causes drama, and it isolates us because we think we're socializing and so we substitute it. And, um, but God exists in community. So of course we thrive when we have real intimate community, when we have real intimate friendships. And I think that's, for me, it's been so refreshing to meet believers, you know, like, you guys and, and like other people that I know. It's Ironically like, over social media. I know, I social media. But then we did, we, we're like, we share the blood of Christ. We've been united in this community that cannot be replicated by the world. Like we share this. This is crazy. And it's like, I, I you know, 
I don't know. I'm sure it's mutual. Like, I feel completely comfortable letting you guys in my house because I'm like, I know that we share this. Yeah, right. That we, we share yeah, this. Yeah, we would have felt completely right. comfortable letting you in our house. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm, I'm not afraid that you're going to steal anything. No, but like, you, you yeah. believe in the law of God. Yeah. So I don't have right. to have that same level of untrusting. Mm. A healthy untrusting, even yeah. of people that are unsaved. Yeah. Whereas, too, if you're saved, we're family, and, right? It's like we're, I we're can trust community. you. So yeah, I mean, think about that. My mom thought it was a good enough idea to send me to Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. I yeah. know. Yeah. I still were thinking about two that two times, yeah. two yes. years in a row. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind. Like that blows yeah. my mom would never have. Done. <laughs> my mom would never have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, mom. <laughs> She's gonna watch it. Yeah. Oh, she, I, I couldn't she was disappointed. That she was disappointed that she wasn't going to be able to watch it live. Yeah. Aww. Aww. I'll try to get it up That's soon funny. this week. ASAP. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, it's just it's so cool to think that um, it, it's another way that we can live as images of God is is mm-hmm. living in community and it, like it's so beautiful to live as an image of God. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. So. Those are just some things that I'm kind of working through that I want to work through in a very like practical, applicable way with the psychological and theological background of how image of God intertwines with human psychology right. and mm-hmm. how deep, because it's, it's written on our hearts. Eternity mm-hmm. is written on our hearts. We have that divinity that um, directs us. And when we go against it and live as the world lives, you know, um, but yeah, thoughts, additions. Well, the, the thing that, uh, I was thinking of is in evangelism a lot. Um, we, my, uh, friend Angel and I, we do the evangelism ministry at our, mm-hmm. our church. And, um, he, one of the, one of the things that he always loves to bring up with people is the fact that sin isn't sin just because God came up with a list of things yeah. not to do. Sin right. is sin because you're made in the image of God to represent God yes. in a godly way. And when you lie, it's wrong because God doesn't lie. Yes. When you yeah. murder, yeah. it's because God doesn't murder. Yes. You know, Sai, all of those things. I never know how to pronounce his last name. Ted Ruben Kate. Yes. That is correct. He, he said, um, he said like, you know, going through a bunch of the 10 commandments, like mm-hmm. thieving is wrong because God is not a thief. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the principle behind it is God is perfect. And right. so, you know, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is yeah. perfect. Right. Like, which is a high call. Yeah. Which right. without Christ, we cannot attain and we will attain once he glorifies us, which, you know, he can't do that of himself because he's the one that glorifies us. Um, but like we have to, if we, if we don't try to meet that standard, if we completely abandon the standard because we're rebelling against God, Mm-hmm. then that's what sin is. That's what, mm-hmm. um, and it's because God is not that. Yeah. Well, that's the standard he has set. And here's the thing that, that immediately makes me think of is that I recently had this sort of switch of perspective on things like sayings like that of Jesus, where it says, be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect, or do not be anxious. That's a command. But I think mm-hmm. we can, for for the unbeliever, that's like a curse. That's like, I I can't be perfect as a, yeah. but for the believer, because we're already covered in the righteousness of Christ, we can view those as invitations mm. because like we, like you just said, in being perfect, we are living up to that image. And then we are walking in the way that is, 
that is perfect. Like, why wouldn't we want to be perfect? Because right. then we are thriving and we're fulfilled and we are being what we were made to be. So when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, for the believer, that's like a loving invitation. It's like, come, you can be now. Come, live in righteousness. Be perfect with me as your heavenly, your heavenly father. Like, it's a beautiful thing. And not only are we enabled to do it, but it's almost as if saying like, you know this person that you now love and adore with yeah. all your heart, mind, and soul? Yeah. Be more like him. Here is how you can yeah. be more like him. Yeah. And that's like, it's like, oh, wow. And you're going to leave be behind. Like yeah. Yeah. And you're more fully realizing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, if I left you guys out in the in the cold, right? And then I, I open the door and I say, come, be warm as I'm warm. Yeah. You know, come, right. be sheltered as I am sheltered. It's, it's more of a loving invitation at that point. Yeah. Because like you are because it's, yeah. you're not demanding something that can be accomplished. Yeah. Yes. Right? You're providing that. You're methods. providing the means to the means it. to yeah. it. Yes, and Christ yeah. has provided the means to be restored to yeah. that image of yeah. God, which is so like awesome. And I'm totally like going back in the conversation. Going back in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best rewind noise. <laughs> but like, I I was just like look setting this over here I'm like this is beautiful like this this bible is beautifully made it's it's the illuminated it's the illuminated bible from crossway i'm just gonna show this off for a hot second okay but um why why else do we appreciate beauty if if the world is materialistic if it's naturalist where there's 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 nothing but us and 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 the tangible stuff in front of us why do we take delight in things like the softness of a carpet or the the beautiful design of a book cover or the crazy rays of the sunset that we saw. Why does, why do these things matter? Well, because God is a God of beauty and of detail and of like, this book is full of poetry. Like this, this is God's word. And he didn't just write a list of bullet point facts. I mean, yeah, some of the genealogies are kind of bad, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's got order. Um, But then he also. The left brain people love those genealogies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, it's, uh, but another thing that I love is that I don't remember where it is. I think it's in Genesis where it talks about, uh, let's see. Um, well, there's there's something in here. Here he talks about, you know, like gold and, and God created creation with so much diversity and so much beauty. And there's another area where it talks about even the smell of the trees. Like God created down to smells. Hmm. He, he could have stopped at visuals, <laughs> but he created beauty like all senses um, in, in taste and in all these things. And so we, being images of this creator, appreciate beauty. And we are awestruck by it. It, it impacts us emotionally. Um, but yeah. And in that, we see again the the desire to create. Yes. To like replicate that beauty that we see. Yes. Because as images of God, we want, we innately want to reflect the glory of God. Yeah. So. To produce more beauty. Yeah. 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 I, I think like. Everybody who's made in the image of God wants that. The question is, do they want to replicate those things to glorify God? 
or do they right. want those to replicate those things to glorify themselves? And well, I think, and I think it's a, interesting. You even see people striving to make grotesque things. Right. Yeah. Which is devolving from that image of God into mm-hmm. animalistic tendencies, like things that make us go like, oh, like that, yeah. that's disturbing. Right. The things that disturb, and some people are like, I love the things that disturb me, which right. is like, <laughs> okay, like that's not natural. That right. It's not yeah. natural. Like, that's not what God, you know, giving up to unnatural relations kind of thing. Um, what was the other thing that I was going to say along those lines? Well, it's a good thing we didn't share a special event, isn't it? If you replay this, you'll see me make a face. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yes. Another one is, um, so, like, stoicism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I, I struggle with. I'm a very suppress my emotions type of person. Like if, <laughs> hey! I, I try and I fail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is balanced. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Perfectly um, balanced. As all things should be. Oh, it came to my mind. I just didn't think we were going to say it like a cult. <laughs> it's okay. We're already a cult. Definitely not definitely not a No, but um, um, like stoicism was highly valued in in its era, like, you know, to be completely self-controlled, to not be swayed by emotions, to almost almost in a Buddhist sense where you transcend Mm. emotions. Um, But um, um, it God experiences emotions. So you see the unhealthy results of somebody trying to control and suppress emotions. Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting too. So like for myself, I know I see that. I see when I try and pretend I'm not feeling what I'm feeling and and just be like, okay, but I have to press on. I have to be okay. I have to whatever, whatever. But even Jesus himself had moments where he um, talks about, you know, I am despairing. Like Mm -hmm. I, I am sorrowful even unto death. Um, And where he is so angry he flips the tables. I mean, he's justifiably angry. He flips the tables in, in the temple um, where he curses the fig tree, where he weeps over Lazarus's mm-hmm. death. Like, um, and the, the original language describes it as like wailing, like not yeah. just like a, a mm-hmm. subtle keep to yourself weeping, but he was overcome with grief. And um, so as images of God, like even emotion, is is part of that so when we try and subdue emotion or we're controlled by emotion we see the effects of that Mm -hmm. right you know and i think like in in terms of being controlled by emotion we see that a lot today where someone's like i'm offended Mm -hmm. thus i am yeah in the right it's like no you're not though (laughs) offense does not mean you're right yeah the the sermon that i got to preach at my church that's exactly what i talked about is the idea of godly sorrow mm. and it's it's the the shortest ber- verse in the bible of jesus wept and it's the verse that kids like to memorize because <laughs> it's easy right and and but it's like one of the most profound statements mm. is that god was weeping and it was good and perfect because mm. jesus is good and perfect mm. and it's like it's such a testament to, especially our generation of guys who mm-hmm. thought that, you know, crying was such a, mm. uh, a girly thing. Yeah. And Emo- emotive. Right. Stuff in general. And so 
just, yeah, just that whole idea of godly sorrow is a good thing. And there's a good reason to be sad and you shouldn't try to subdue that. Um, the, and and that, that crying isn't the bad thing. Yeah. What, what caused the pain might've been bad, mm-hmm. but, but crying and releasing that tension and that turmoil is, is a good thing to do. Well, and I even see it as, as a form of honesty, right? Because trying to subdue it and ignore it is, is mm-hmm. deceiving yourself and yep. it's not being transparent about the reality of the situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, I just remember the Beatitudes. Blessed mm-hmm. are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's that's what the that was what it's about. Yeah. yeah, it was that verse. It was oh, unpacking that go. verse specifically. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> when you when your suspicions of Christianity are more confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um I so I guess I just like if I were to leave like y'all with anything, I would just encourage everyone to examine their lives and where they feel, not not feel, but where they see the most thriving, like what areas they see the most thriving and why, or, mm-hmm. or what areas do they see in themselves the most suffering and, and, and why, and bring it back to truth. You know, like we were, like you were just talking about godly sorrow. Maybe you're whining for the wrong reasons so don't like bring it back to the scriptures like if if i'm whining like if i'm crying if i'm weeping if i'm lamenting i need to bring it back to the scriptures is my lament based on a biblical thing like i'm lamenting death well yeah death was not the intent yeah you know I'm, i'm lamenting sin yeah sin was not the intent i'm lamenting um um a broken relationship yeah relationships weren't meant to end, especially between believers. Like we're going to be together for all of eternity, you know, but if I'm like, I didn't get my way or I'm crying because I am, I I just, I want, you know, something for myself that I can't achieve or something like that. That doesn't match up with something in scripture. But when you have these experiences of like, wow, I'm really feeling like this, this almost divine fulfillment in, in, cultivating the earth or I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this, this, like, um, like for some reason having this established routine helps my brain just function better and be, be calmer and be more in control of like myself and more established in my relationships and more confident and, you know, um, or wow, like when I overexert myself, I feel really crappy. Like, you know, consider those things and consider what, what about this relates to the fact that I'm made in the image of God and how, what is God's character that, um, that I'm reflecting, you know, like, wow, I, I really, you know, and even like in, in terms of community, like you can be hanging out with a group of friends doing something really bad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people go out and they get drunk together and you don't really feel good the next day <laughs> and you don't really remember what happened. Just like we totally don't remember the cold opening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was I not... Thought, I thought you were going to say because we've all experienced that. <laughs> he is not implying that there was alcohol. <laughs> Dang that. Like the last night. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. No. Yeah, that wedding was crazy. We said food poisoning. Oh <laughs> People are going to uh, assume things, y'all. Um, You're just... No. 
You're just setting yourselves up. Yeah, actually, you should probably cut out the food poisoning part. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, you could technically say I was in community, but it's like, were you fulfilled in that community or when you shared this experience of a good, like going on a hike together and then you're like, wow, I feel like just uplifted and encouraged and vitalized and like. Even if you lose the trail. Even if you lose the trail, man. Even if you lose the trail. <laughs> You know, examine the things in your life that you do from day to day and think, does this reflect the image of God? Mm -hmm. If it does, you're probably going to find that mm -hmm. it, it helps you. Yeah. I can't recommend morning routines enough. <laughs> By the way, if, you, if you've read my Twitter bio, <laughs> I believe in the gospel and morning routines. But, <laughs> but yeah. Probably not as out on par with each other. As <laughs> That's why morning routines a second. Morning routines a second. Okay, guys, morning routines. I've seen enough sunrises on Lake Michigan that I'm a firm believer in morning <laughs> routines. Um, but yeah, so. Might end up being afternoon routines sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Upon waking <laughs> routines. Yeah. Upon waking routines. Upon waking routines. What? But I bet you felt crappy waking up in the afternoon, oh, feeling yes. a whole day of gone by. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. I wonder why that is. Maybe because God doesn't waste time. God doesn't waste his days. It's yep. fine. But but you were sick. I'm gonna let that one yes. go. I'm gonna let that one. Slide. I was literally just making a reference to the fact that I slept until three p.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. I I'm sick. just teasing you. Yeah. I'm just teasing yeah. you. No, that's funny though. But yeah, I I think practically speaking, I think if you want to take small steps to see that image of God. Mm -hmm in your life, I would say definitely establish even a small morning routine. I know for myself, um, I had a really good one in the winter where like part of my morning routine was just making a French press cup of coffee, which takes time and intention and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a slower process, but it was creating something that would give mm. me life. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then I would do like a little, like I need to go for a walk or I would do some form of exercise and I would read the word. And just having that established routine set up the rest of the day, because I took dominion over those first few moments. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say, if possible, have a pet or a plant. <laughs> you do, like, I just love Seriously, my fish. No. Like, <laughs> my fish makes me so happy. And um, you will, yeah, you'll seriously see why, like, why why are emotional support animals a thing? Why? Because it gives someone something to be responsible over, yeah. to take dominion over, to care for, and then also receive fruit back from in the form of adoration and following and love. That is legitimately the reason I got a puppy. Yeah, that's... Because I saw myself... Like in a, in a situation where I was like, I need this. Yeah. And so I was like, I should get an animal. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I got curry. I yeah. was, I was living alone in my apartment. I was like, okay, I was a completely different person when I got curry. <laughs> like no joke. I was like an anxious mess. Like I would have panic attacks that would last up to three hours sometimes. Yeah. And I would just be like in a fetal position on the couch. And I'm like, I see no reason to get out of bed today, all that stuff. So I'm like, I need a companion. I need a, a soft quiet <laughs> nice companion so i got curry my dog not the dog that you saw earlier <laughs> i'm watching that one that one's not mine um but i got curry and every morning i'm like he has to go out to use the bathroom so i'm gonna walk him so mm -hmm. i was up every day walking him and it made such a difference he established my morning like god used him to establish a morning routine for me um i took dominion over a creature by caring for it nurturing it giving it life 
um, he, he's a rescue too. So watching his lack of trust build was just like amazing. Um, so I definitely recommend morning routines, get a pet or something to care for. Um, and then attend a church. <laughs> yes, please. Get that community, especially <laughs> if you are a believer. Like the church, like last week we said, you know, the church is for the believer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as, as an un, if, you're, if you're an unbeliever, I definitely recommend even going into a, a solid church. Go to church, church. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Go to church anyway, and anyone will explain to you anything that doesn't make sense. Um, find, find a church that has like reformed or Presbyterian in the name. You can't go wrong with ones that have that in the name for the most part. Um, Baptist well, sure is a certain a, branch of Presbyterian. Okay. Not PC USA. <laughs> not PC. Yeah. We're going to make this even more confusing for unbelievers, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're a believer, you need the church. Yeah. You need that weekly gathering of believers. You need that community. You're going to find that it, it helps you, but it, it also humbles you because you're going to have to be there and support each other. But this is what God created us to do and created us to be. Um, so, yeah, find that community. Establish that morning routine. Find something to care for. And you're going to see a change take place because you're, you're not trying to be a Ford F-150 when you're just a little <laughs> Toyota. <laughs> So that's, that's my, that that's my little. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and I would just add to the, if you are an unbeliever and you're going to a church and you ask questions and mm-hmm. they don't know how to answer it, then that's probably a good sign to move on. <laughs> and if, yeah. church, if, if, if the pastor can't answer your questions or tells you not yeah. to ask questions, leave. Run. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was very, very <laughs> blessed to have a pastor who welcomed my doubts and my questions mm, yeah. when I was considering like apostasy, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to him with all of my questions. He said, that's great. Let's work through these together. Like you need that because surprise of all surprises, the creator of all things has the answer to all mm-hmm. things. Right. And it's, it's there. It's there. It's not like he's trying to hide it from us. He's not trying to be play hard to get. You know, it's us that play hard to get. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yep. And also feel free to ask us questions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You guys Absolutely. have your contact info on your site, I assume. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yep. Real quick. Anyone else have a last second thing or else I'll just do the spiel? Do a spiel. I'm good. Yeah, do a spiel. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of contact info, you can find us on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show at Facebook.com. It's face at, at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show and at our website, ChristianArtistShow.com. And where can you find Emily? Um, hello, Emily Urban on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, I'm working on my public profile there, but it's going to have the same hello, Emily Urban. And then emilyurban.com, which can be found in all the profiles of my social media. So. Indeed, indeed. And be on the lookout for a more detailed, lengthy, I'm sure, post about uh, yes. this exact topic. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a series on suffering right now, which is probably yes. going to have inklings of this in it, for yeah. sure. Because yeah. you can't have suffering without yeah. the image of God taking a role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Book cool. will probably come in like two years, but... <laughs> <laughs> and we will all read it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> And you have extensive notes. Oh, yes. And critiques. (laughs)
Hopefully I don't ruffle feathers. <laughs> Again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, my God! Just, just, I don't try to! Okay, sorry. Alright, that's it from us here at Bye, The Christian everyone. Artist. Thanks for watching, thanks for being on, Emily, and thanks for hosting us in your lovely home. It's been fun. We're out. Have a great weekend. Bye! Week. Week. I, what did I say? I usually just say Well, week. today is Monday. Today is Monday. So, it just makes, it makes no sense for me to say weekend right now. No. But that's what I said. Okay. Bye. <laughs>